Hi, everyone, and welcome to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Olivia Mentor. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today is our last episode of 2023. The best, right? Yeah. You're looking at me like that's... (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to believe. Um, But it's the best books of the year. So this is such a fun episode. We got so many listener voicemails, which I loved. I listened to every single one of them. Hopefully most of them are included here, if not all, because there were a lot. But uh, yeah, get your your pens out. Get ready to write down all of these recommendations. I was bowled over by the amount of voicemails we got. Clearly, we have struck on something that our listeners are passionate about here. And so many different types of books, like whatever I was expecting people to say, just totally different types of books. And so I uh, made my own little list of things to buy after this too. Ooh, well, we have a lot to get into, but first let's do some quick highs and lows. What is your high, Olivia? My high is small town Christmas things. I am currently looking out at my barn, which is covered in snow. I don't actually go in the barn because it's actually terrifying, but it's just such a nice little Christmas scene. And it just feels like it's been that way here all week. There are so many Christmas festivals. Went on a walk yesterday in the snow. Neighbor invited us to the neighborhood Christmas extravaganza on Saturday. Our town is having a Christmas festival tomorrow night with Santa and ponies Stop and it. wine tasting and uh, DJ. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just really excited. And it's just been such a lovely time of year here. And I've loved it. You live in a Hallmark movie. It's not bad. It, it's it's not it's not bad. <laughs> Do you think that Jake's Hallmark nemesis, or I, maybe not nemesis, <laughs> Hallmark doppelganger? What's his name? Ryan Pavey. Do you think Ryan Pavey is jealous that Jake now actually lives in a Hallmark town and is stealing his beat? I told you how Ryan Pavey commented on the photo of Jake, right? Because someone had tagged him, like someone tagged Ryan Pavey in the comments of the photo Pavey of Jake. Ryan Pavey being a certified Hallmark hottie, just like yes. an actor who does Hallmark movies who happens to look like Olivia's husband, Jake. Yes, from the side mostly. But he was, he was like, that isn't me. Like Ryan Pavey had to make it clear that he was not the same person as Jake. So anyway, they're different people, but both love Christmas, I think. So more in common than... Ryan Pavey wants to believe maybe, but anyway. Becca, what's your high? Oh, I have two. So first of all, I feel like I have been a little bit chained to my computer the past couple of weeks working on this draft of my book. And on Tuesday, I unchained myself and I went to a little holiday lunch with my friends, Reagan and Lydia. And we went to Raf's, which is this hot new place in NoHo, uh, which was very good, by the way. But we had this lovely lunch. It was so nice to get away from my computer midday and to actually take advantage of the perks of working for myself and remember that there are perks and it's not just being this hermit monster. And I don't know. It was just so it was like such a nice little treat. And you came back and worked, right? Which is the most impressive thing of all to me. I did. I would be like, well, time to have a glass of wine at four now that I've been out. But you persevered, which is impressive. I did, but it felt like playing hooky a little bit. Like it felt naughty. Oh, I love that. And then the second thing, thanks to an Instagram ad, actually. So I went with my friend Allie earlier this year to see Alvin Ailey, the dance company at BAM, the Brooklyn Academy of Music. And we saw this dance piece choreographed by the choreographer's name is Kyle Abraham. And the piece is called, Are You and Your Feelings? And it was so 
incredible. Neither of us can stop talking about it even months later. And I saw that Ailey is in residence in New York City at City Center, which is kind of in like Hell's Kitchen. And I looked at their schedule. I, I studied their schedule. And there, there's like three dates where they have this dance performance as part of the schedule. And so we got tickets to see it this Sunday. And I'm so excited. That sounds great. Yeah, Very it's festive. like Very all fun. choreographed to a hip hop score. So it's like Drake and... Kendrick Lamar and Erica Badu. It is such a fantastic soundtrack, first of all, but it was such an like fantastic piece of contemporary dance. Lovely. Do you have a low? Yeah, I, I've been on a little bit of a workout canceling spree. I feel like I have just been giving myself permission to do whatever needs to be done to finish this draft of the book. And that has meant a lot of canceling workouts because I usually try to go to a late morning or mid-afternoon class and I'm like, oh, I can't stop in the middle of the day and go to this class. Yeah, I feel like I'm thinking a lot about my goals for 2024 and what those are going to be. And I definitely feel like there has to be something related to having more balance. Yeah, like staying consistent. Staying consistent, but not just, I feel like doing the book and stuff. Right. I feel like I've almost right. been overly singularly focused. And so it's like, how do I balance both? Yeah. And not just workouts. I mean, like life. Selfishly, this makes me feel better because I always look at your calendar just to like plan work stuff. And I always see Pilates on there and I'm like, good for her. Just absolutely just crushing it. Well, I think I've canceled three classes in a row. So it's lies. It's fake news. What about you? What do you have going on on the low side? I don't really have a true low. Still feeling pretty good. December is going strong, but I would like to share something that's been annoying me greatly. Great. Go for it. The floor is yours. Have you seen this clip on, I think it's on Reels mostly. And it's that song about how I like this little life. I think I like this little life. Have you seen that? Nope. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that for me. Anyway, I went from seeing this little clip and basically people are using it, just clips of their little lives that are very lovely. I enjoy them all. I love them all so much. I was going to say, this feels very on brand for you. Oh, it's it's so good. I, I actually had a draft myself of a reel I had made with the song. I was like, great. Five days after that, I swear to you, I could not open my phone. I could not close my eyes. I could not do anything without having this clip, this five second clip, whatever it is, play over and over and over and over and over in my head. Every time I open my phone, there it is. It's haunting me. It's driving me nuts. It just is. And it's not a low, but I just need to share it. And I hope now it's not going to pop up in your feed everywhere. (laughs) Well, maybe I'll notice it. Do you know what I've been getting a lot of, I guess on TikTok more than on Instagram that I'm really enjoying? I've fallen into a genre of videos that are young men. I am really bad at judging ages of young people at this point. Like I'm guessing high school or college reacting to songs that they've never heard. So um, (laughs) I've gotten a few of You're Losing Me by Taylor Swift. So like live reactions Mm -hmm. from men about this. I got one about Hozier the other day. They'd never heard Take Me to Church. I am delighting in this. I love those. I will always watch the one for Would Have, Could Have, Should Have, the Taylor Swift song, Mm. because when it gets to that bridge, everyone just loses their mind. 
And as they should, as we all should. I love that we've once again come back to Taylor Swift here on the podcast. Well, let's get into other stuff because we have a lot of books to talk about. But first, let's take a quick ad break. So I am in a good hair era. And the last time I had hair this short was probably about a decade ago. And I have got to say, I feel like my hair is so much fuller and healthier this time around. And it's much more obvious with the short haircut. And I feel like it is all down to my pros routine. I've been using my custom formula shampoo and conditioner for three years now, and it has made my hair so much shinier, so much fuller, so much less frizzy. And because I can go longer between washes, which means also longer between heat styling sessions, I feel like I just have more hair on my head, if that makes sense, because I'm not styling it as frequently. Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros handpicks clean, sustainably sourced ingredients that get you closer to your hair goals with every wash. My favorite feature is Pros' review and refine tool, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason in case I change up my address, my hair color, or even my diet. I also think it's so fascinating how Pros also asks you about your zip code so it can assess how your environment might be affecting your hair as well. As a carbon-neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon-neutral. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they'll take the products back, no questions asked. Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order today, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Go to pros.com slash BOP. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash BOP for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. Let's talk books. I feel like I need some sort of a like, you know, on Sunday Night Football, how Carrie Underwood does the like the hype music before they lead into the game. I wish we had Carrie Underwood to, I don't know, just to make things a little bit more exciting. Anyway, tell me about your best. Yeah, yeah. I think we can afford that. Work it into the budget. What are your best books of the year? Let's just, let's just kick it off. Start naming them. Do you have a number one? No, I, I could never do it in order. That would be too hard. Wait, I'm curious before we get into this, do you have any sense of how many books you've read this year? No, this is the first year I haven't really kept track. I'd say probably mm, not as much as last year, maybe around 50 or 60. Okay. What about you? You know, I have really trailed off on Goodreads because I don't think I should be spending that much time there for my mental health right now with my own book. I'm really bad at ballparking things. I'm guessing somewhere between 70 and 100. It's kind of where I'm at. Very nice. Solid. As I was looking back at what I've read this year, I feel like I had a really good reading year. There was a lot that I didn't include that I was like, oh, that very well could have made my top 10 books of the year. Yeah, same. I had to actually cut back. Okay. So my first one which could be my top book of the year, 
Oh, that's hard. I, I'm not ready to go there. Okay. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about hard. is Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros, which to me was a perfect reading experience. It is the reading experience I am always chasing of feeling so engrossed that I don't want to go to bed consequences be damned, that I need to know what happens next and I want to read even a single page while I'm peeing if, I, if that's the time that I have as a break. Like, I was just so engrossed in this book. And to a lesser degree, Iron Flame, I really enjoyed it, but I did not find it quite as addictive as I did Fourth Wing. I was in it for these dragons. I mean, you're definitely not alone there. I think a lot of listeners feel the same for sure. And I mean, shout out to Zodiac Academy, which is not in my top 10, (laughs) but I feel like I had a similarly addictive reading experience. But in that one, I was like, there were certain points where I was like, this is awful and I don't care, but I need to know versus I felt fully engrossed in fourth wing. Yeah, that's a difference for sure. Yeah. My second one, I think this is the only one that we have that overlaps. I think so too, but it's a good one. Tom Lake by Ann Patchett, which I both read with my eyes and with my ears. So good. I just thought this was masterful. I agree. You know, my mom, I just talked to her on the phone the other day and she had this book for a book club and she was like, did you like it? And I'm like, I do have a podcast where we discuss this in depth if you'd like to go back, but it's, I, I will go over it again for you, mom. Fine. Um, I was like, yeah, I loved it. It was one of my favorites of the year. And she's like, mm, didn't like it that much. I liked the wow. Dutch house better. And I was like, mm, I think the Dutch house is boring compared to this. I mean, it's Ann Patrick. She can do no wrong, of course. But to me, there was no comparison. But anyway. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that I liked so much about this book is that because of the, I will admit that in the present storyline at the Cherry Farm, there was less action, less going on that felt more like a literary novel. Mm-hmm. But because of the past story about her acting, it really felt like it had that dynamic movement that was like the plottiness that I like of a commercial book, but with the gorgeous writing and the insights that you get from a literary book. So I feel like to me, yeah. this was the perfect blend. I totally agree. My next one is You Again by Kate Goldbeck. I started the year in a romance slump. I felt a little over the genre. Like I just read too many. I didn't feel like they were new or fresh or surprising. And I liked this one so much because it was so different. My line about this is that it's Emily Henry, but for bad people, it's these two kind of morally gray characters who meet four different times throughout their lives and hate each other and then become basically depression buddies after they're both going through a really hard time in their life. She's going through a divorce and he has tried and failed to, he's a chef to start a restaurant and they kind of become emotional support buddies for each other, but then develop romantic feelings. And I just thought it's, it's pitched as a loose read telling or as a spin on when Harry met Sally. And I can kind of see that because there are these two people who don't initially get along, who then become friends, who then there's an unrequited crush. But I don't know. It felt totally fresh and different to me. And I really appreciated that. And it has that great bantery dialogue from an Emily Henry, but a little bit snarkier, edgier. I really want to read this one. It's been on my radar. I think you would enjoy uh, it. Over vacation. Yeah, it sounds great. 
So then another romance that really surprised me this year was Maybe Once, Maybe Twice by Alison Rose Greenberg. And again, I felt like it was a plot line that I hadn't seen before. And I felt like the character and the writing style was very different than other characters that I'd seen in romance novels. And I also feel like it had almost a Taylor Swiftian quality to some of the writing. Taylor Swiftian is a descriptor I'd like to use more often. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. So this one is about a woman who makes a marriage pact with two different men from different points in her past that if they're both single when they're 35, they'll get married. And she turns 35 in the book and kind of is dealing with the fallout from both of those. This year, I feel like one thing that has been a trend in my reading life is entering my small town closed door romance era, which was not an era that I saw coming for myself. But I have two books that fall into this category that I feel like I have to recognize as like a big part of my reading this year. So the first one, as we all know, I entered into my Catherine Center era, which I highly recommend to everyone. I am a Catherine Center evangelist now. I feel like I could have easily done The Bodyguard or Things You Save in a Fire. I'm going to go with The Bodyguard just because it was the first one that got me into this era. I think this just has the most perfect OO rom-com vibes. It's slightly silly, but it's really well done. It's about a female bodyguard who ends up fake dating a celebrity client when he goes home to his family ranch in Texas. And I love a Catherine Center. I like a clean, closed-door romance now. Who am I? I enjoyed this one a lot, too. It was very cute. And then my second clean, closed-door romance, this book made me absolutely giddy. And it is Practice Makes Perfect by Sarah Adams. So here's the caveat with recommending this. This is the second book in a loosely connected series. The first book is called When in Rome. And I liked When in Rome, but I loved Practice Makes Perfect. I do not know if you could read and enjoy it as much without reading the first because the characters from that one are so central. And there's because it's about a family, there's a lot of backstory in that book as well. But this book is about the youngest sibling who's very innocent and sheltered and falls in love. It's kind of like a practice dating scenario with a professional bodyguard. Maybe I'm just into my bodyguard era, um, (laughs) who is the bodyguard of the woman in the first book. Yeah, I have a lot of thinking to do about myself now and if I am in my clean closed door romance era or if I'm just in my bodyguard era. Either way, I think it's great. Good for me. (laughs) My next book, I don't think you've read yet, but I do think you would love. I do think this could be a point of overlap. And that is The Rachel Incident by Caroline O'Donohue. Did you read this one? It's literally sitting next to my bed. I think I'm going to bring it on vacation. It's one of those books, kind of like Talking at Night, where I've had it for a while. I think I'm going to like it. I just, for whatever reason, haven't opened it yet. Okay. I think this could be an overlap. I think this could be an overlap point. So this one is set in Ireland in 2008. And it is about these two friends who are kind of on the cusp of graduating and then just graduated college in the recession. And it's a male-female friendship and they both have a crush on the same man and kind of what that does to their friendship. And it was just, the friendship and the writing in it was so wonderful. It's definitely a little bit more literary. It reminded me a lot of Dolly Alderton. Hmm. 
Like who I also haven't read, but I need to. It's that like literary, but make it fun writing. Okay. There were a couple of great full circle surprises in this that just really got me. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name's Laura. I'm calling to talk about my best book from 2023. I read so many good books this year, but one book I just finished that I can't stop thinking about is The Rachel Incident by Caroline O'Donoghue. I think is how you say her last name. She's Irish. This book, I feel like I haven't heard nearly as much buzz about it as it deserves. It was such an original storyline, and I left it feeling like every single thread was tied together, and every single question I had was answered by the author in a way that felt just completely organic. The story is about Rachel. She is a young 20-something-year-old in university in Ireland in, I think, 2010, so like right in the recession. And um, her best friend that she meets, his name is James, they develop a really fast friendship. And a lot of the book is just about their friendship and growing together as young 20-somethings in a city that is kind of struggling. And and they are also struggling both professionally and personally in a lot of ways. But there's so much more to it than that. There's a love triangle. There's a professor-student love relationship situation. Honestly, one of the best books I've ever read. And it's also so funny. The writing is just so crisp. The dialogue is so realistic. I enjoyed it so much and I'm desperate to pick up more books by this author. So I would highly recommend The Rachel Incident. Hope y'all have a great holiday season and happy new year. Ooh. And then let's see, I think I have three more. We both did 10. My next one is Adelaide by Genevieve Wheeler. I loved this book. I initially started it and had to put it down because I was expecting it to be much lighter than it was. And it starts with a suicide attempt. So definitely look up triggers for it. However, I thought this book was so fantastic. It really reminded me of kind of a cousin to tell me lies of being in your 20s, being in a relationship that you're trying so hard to make work. And the guy just doesn't love you back enough. And I I love stories like this. I don't know what it, what that says about me, but I do love these kinds of books that are like really raw about the kind of relationships that you have in your 20s. This one I'm also looking forward to reading and have been for many months. So I will and report back. <laughs> if you like to tell me lies, it's like it, it has that in common with it, but it takes place in London. Tell love me London. Lies abroad. We also have a listener voicemail for this one. So let's listen to it. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Ellen calling from Davis, California. My favorite book I read this year was Adelaide by Genevieve Wheeler. I feel like the author perfectly captures what so many women go through in this modern era of dating. It was almost like a faster, more infuriating in a different kind of way um, than normal people by Sally Rooney. I wish I read this book when I was in high school. I wish I read this book when I was in my 20s. Um, And as a person in my early 30s, I just really see a lot of myself. And I think a lot of other people could see a lot of themselves in Adelaide. So I would highly recommend. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Second to last on my list is All My Rage by Saba Tahir. So this one did not come out this year. I 
saw Saba Tahir win the National Book Award for Young People's Literature last year at the National Book Awards. And her speech made me cry having not read the book. And so I left that really fascinated to read the book. And this book, it's YA, but it is very heavy YA. So it's about two teens in this kind of really depressing desert town in California and kind of all of the awful things that happened to them. And um, they're both from immigrant families. And this book is so hard. I ugly sobbed. This book is so fantastic. And for your final pick? My final pick, I loved The Celebrants by Stephen Rowley. I have been saying Stephen Rowley, and I think it's Stephen Rowley. Now I'm thinking too hard about this. That's okay. So this is about a group of five friends who make a pact to throw each other a living funeral at the lowest point of each of their lives. And so it takes place over the course of three decades and kind of looks at the different members of this friend group and looks at how their lives evolve. And as somebody who wants to see more representation for novels centered on friendship. I thought this was so well done. And I think Stephen is one of the funniest writers of our time. I think he just has a very laugh out loud writing style, even when he's writing about tougher things. So I fully enjoyed this. And then you and I went to see him speak together. And so I feel like always hearing an author speak live about their book also, I don't know, just like deepens or enriches my experience of the book. Yes, I really enjoyed this one too. Well, we have a metric ton of voicemails. So we're just going to shut up and not comment between them so that we can get through as many as possible. Hi, Becca. Hi, Olivia. For your best books of the year episode, I wanted to shout out The Force of Such Beauty by Barbara Borland. It is about a former Olympic runner who falls in love with the prince of a very small European kingdom and she gets married to him and things do not go well for her. It feels very inspired by Grace of Monaco and to a lesser extent, Diana. It is excellent and it spurred me to read Barbara Borland's other books. She's got two more and she's going to be an auto buy or auto library hold for me going forward. Happy holidays. Hope this makes it in. Bye. Hi, Becca and Olivia. I'm re-recording my recommendation because I double-checked the title. Um, The book I want to recommend is At the Coffee Shop of Curiosities, and it feels like a little star town in a beach area, though. I think it's Alabama. But it's just so charming and delightful. There's two main characters. There's some romance to it, but that's not the main focus. It's a lot of like self-discovery and working on yourself and getting over past trauma and just your friendships with people in your town and standing up for each other. And it's just so delightful and charming, and more people should read it. Thanks. Happy New Year. Hi, Olivia and Becca calling to share my favorite book of the year. I know you are going to get a lot of recommendations for Tom Lake and Hello Beautiful, but I'm calling in with a book that came out in 2006, and but I loved it, and I'm reading it this year. I'm almost finished, but I want to recommend it. It is called Setting the Table by Danny Myers, and it is all about how he built his restaurant empire in New York 
starting with Union Square Cafe and taking you through all the different uh, restaurants he's opened. It's just like a really fun read about the restaurant industry, but also about leadership, management, how to work with people, hospitality, a lot of good lessons, really enjoying it. I love to fix in some nonfiction. So thought it would be one I recommend. Love the podcast. Thank you for all you do. Bye. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name is Sydney Gable, and I'm calling from Los Angeles, California. And one of my favorite five-star reads that I read this year, and I said this in the Facebook group, but I'm saying it again, is Manacled by Sen Lin Yu. And basically, it's a take on if Harry Potter lost the war with Voldemort, and Hermione is one of the last surviving Order members, and she gets sent to Malfoy Manor. And Draco is her basically keeper. And it kind of starts out like Handmaid's Tale and Harry Potter in the beginning, but then it goes on its own twists and turns. And it's so dark, but beautiful and gut-wrenching, but like the kind of gut-wrenching that leaves you like just wanting more and to read more about it. And it's just well-written and it's free. Anyone can read it. It's on AO3. It's fan fiction, which is so crazy because I've never been into fan fiction, but it was so good, and I just highly recommend it if everyone could read it and then talk about it with me because I had such a bad book hangover for, like, three weeks after finishing this. But, yeah, thanks so much. Uh, just wanted to say I love the podcast, and I hope everyone has a great holiday season. Hi, I am calling to give you guys a great recommendation. I have been following your podcast for a long time, so. Anyway, I wanted to recommend Barbarian Days of Surfing Life. Totally loved, loved, loved this book by William Finnegan. Um, I believe published in 2015, uh, won the Pulitzer Prize. It is the most beautiful writing. I actually listened to it. Highly, highly recommend. I am not into surfing, which is what it's about, but it's really about his life and the way surfing interacted with his life and growing up and living all over the world, but a lot of time in California and Hawaii. Anyway, gorgeous book. Totally recommend. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Emily from Ohio. My favorite book I read this year was by Barbara King Solver. And while a lot of people were reading Demon Copperhead, which is also a great book, I was inspired to pick up her older book, The Poisonwood Bible, about the family of missionaries from Georgia who moved to Belgian Congo in the late 1950s. The book explores themes of race, uh, religion, politics, and colonialism, but it does so in a really interesting and at sometimes funny way which was surprising, and it is one of those books that I think is going to stay with me my entire life. It was deeply moving, and as Prue on the Great British Bake Off would say, it was a triumph. So thanks so much, and keep up the great work. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Haley from Texas. I'm calling because I wanted to share that the best book I read this year, I think, was Shark Heart by Emily Hobbit. It was a book of the month selection this summer, and I am so glad I chose it because it is, I think, unlike anything I've ever read before. The story is about a woman named Wren and how her husband is literally losing his humanity as he transforms into a great white shark. I promise it works within the context of the story, 
And it's one that made me laugh and made me cry. And I still think about it all the time. Hopefully some of you check it out. Have a great day. Hey, Becca and Olivia. My name is Darren, and I'm so excited to share my favorite book of the year, which is Shark Heart by Emily Habeck. You can go ahead and judge the book by its cover because it is absolutely gorgeous. And so is the story that's inside. It's one of the most beautifully written, unique, and emotional love stories that I have ever read. The story is about a man named Lewis who gets diagnosed with a rare disease right after his wedding that gradually turns him into a great white shark. And this is a love story, but it explores love in many forms, romantic love, parent-child love, and found family love. And it's heartbreaking in the way that life is heartbreaking, meaning that in order to experience true joy, you have to accept that you're also signing up for the unexpected twists and turns of fate, but there will also be some magic that happens along the way. And this book was magical. I hope you read it and that you love it too. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Morgan from Nashville. The best book I read this year was Red, White, and Royal Blue. I've been wanting to read it for a while, but was finally inspired to do so when the movie came out. And I couldn't believe I put off reading it for so long. It was so funny and heartwarming, and I loved it so much. Thanks. Hi, Becca and Olivia. Uh, This is Jen. I'm a longtime listener, and I'd love to share with you my favorite book of the year. It's A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara. It was first published back in 2015, and I've heard about it so many times from other people that I trust, but I was really intimidated to try it because it's 720 pages. And if you heard that number and you're also intimidated, please, please give it a try. It is about uh, four male classmates. Um, They all meet in college and it follows them through their friendship that they maintain in various ways over the course of their entire lives. I love the fact that it was set over such a long period of time. You really get to know these characters and you feel very deeply embedded in their lives. And it has chapters that follow all of them. Um, But the main, who I would say is the main character is a man named Jude. And I do want to know that there's a lot of trigger warnings associated with Jude's story. He has a very terrible life, honestly. Um, So the book is really about overcoming that trauma, overcoming all of that to make a little life for yourself. And it's about the power of friendship and the power of love and it's kind of follows them as they build their careers and build their lives. And I absolutely loved being a part of their world. Uh, I definitely encourage you to check it out. It's, you know, was nominated for a million prizes and all for good reason um, because it's truly a masterpiece. Uh, so please check it out and uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you all have a great reading year uh, and thanks for the pod. Love it. Bye. Let's take a quick ad break before we get to Olivia's picks. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So if you've been following along closely, you might remember that I took an unplanned pause from therapy this year when I moved. And let me just tell you, I felt a difference in a big, big, not so great way. So as we've approached the holidays, it's probably no wonder that I, like so many people, have felt my anxiety and stress spike. I've been trying to find ways to be proactive and make sure I can avoid all those late night spiraling 
moments and tossing and turning with racing thoughts. So I have officially decided next year, January 1st, I am going back to therapy. It sounds so simple, but I am so excited to have an outlet again for my week to week anxieties and worries. Therapy has made such a positive difference in my life. And I am so looking forward to entering a new year with a fresh start and prioritizing my mental health once again. If you too are thinking about starting or restarting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the past, therapy has been one of my mental health touchstones when I feel myself falling into old patterns and having trouble falling asleep or dealing with racing anxious thoughts. It makes getting back to a good place feel that much easier. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash bad on paper today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bad on paper. Okay, Olivia, tell me about your top books for the year. I will. I do have to say that I have never been more interested in a book than I am in Shark Heart now, which intrigues me greatly. So I will share my thoughts on that after I read it. Slightly different vibe, but one of my favorite books of the year was Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. I know someone recommended Poisonwood Bible by Barbara Kingsolver, which is a very famous book. Um, I have never read it. I had never read anything by her, but I read this book and I was just absolutely astounded. This is like a decades spanning story from the point of view of a boy who grows up in poverty in rural Appalachia. Appalachia. It has a lot to do with opioid addiction and the opioid crisis in America. I learned so much, but God, this book ripped my heart out, but it is so beautifully written. It's just like a masterpiece. It won the Pulitzer Prize. So, and I know why, because it's just astounding. So highly recommend. I have not read this book or listened to this episode, but I've heard that there is an episode of Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard where he has Barbara Kingsolver on that is very good. Yes, I've heard this is very good. Maybe I'll listen to that on our upcoming road trip because I would love to know how you write this book. It reads as if you're reading someone's memoir. That's how detailed it is. That's how much you are in the brain of this boy and then he grows up to be a man, but obviously so good. So another favorite book of mine was The Whispers by Ashley Audrain. Everyone knows Ashley Audrain is an auto buy for me. I absolutely love how she writes, what she writes about. This is about a group of neighbors and what happens when one of the neighbor's son falls out of his window and everything that happens afterwards. It's not quite a thriller, but it has the pacing of a thriller. It's a lot like The Push, which was her first very popular book, but it's also different. I thought it had a lot to say about just being a woman in the world in very, very dark ways, which is kind of what I love to read in general. So I really enjoyed this one. Is it too scary for me? It's not scary. It's just there are scenes that are really disturbing. (laughs) I don't think it's too scary. It's just very dark. Okay. It's more domestic thriller than it is like murder mystery kind of thing, if if that makes sense. So you might, you might be into it. Anyway. Okay. My next one, you may have all heard of. It's The Christmas Orphans Club by Becca Freeman. (laughs) And I enjoyed this book so much and would have no matter what, but 
it's just such a cool thing. It's the only time in my life I've ever watched something start from something and then be created into this giant thing with all these readers. And I've had friends who have written books before, but it's the first time I've seen the process so up close. And I felt really grateful for that experience because it made reading the final product uh, multiple times now that much better. So I cannot wait until I'm allowed to read your book and to have the same experience. (laughs) Oh, well, I hope you like it. I have no doubt it's going to be in my top 10 next year. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Okay. This next one, honestly, like if I had to pick one book that was a perfect combination of like, couldn't stop reading it, enjoyable reading experience, writing is great. Also, it's super clever and like kind of made me laugh in spots. It surprised me. It horrified me. It made me think about like deep cultural themes. Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang. I literally, I bow down to this person, to this writer. It was so smart, so clever. From the very first chapter, even there's a huge thing that happens that I didn't see coming. I was just like, oh, I'm in for a wild ride. And it was a wild ride. This is about a main character who passes off a friend's novel as her own. Oh God, I love this book so much. I loved it so, so much. And next we have Tom Lake, which is totally different, but uh, we already talked about that a bit. But mostly what I really loved in this book and what I told my mom when she asked me what I loved about it was the cherry farm. Like I just, I was transported to that place in a way that I think is really hard to do. That's so interesting because I... I certainly enjoyed that part, but that was not at all what my favorite part was. My favorite part was the summer stock theater. And so it's so interesting that it made both of our top 10 lists for two completely different facets. Yeah. It kind of makes me appreciate it more, actually. (laughs) Makes me love it more. What do you got next? Oh, this next one. Every time I talk about talking at night or think about it, I have this image of myself just like literally swooning because that's how the book makes me feel. Like hand to my chest, like, I don't know. I'm in an old Hollywood movie, just feeling emotions I've never felt. I don't know. I love this book so much. It's by Claire, which I've I've learned, by the way, her name is Claire Daverly, not Claire Daverly. I'm sorry, Claire, if you ever listened to this, how many times I've said your name wrong. (laughs) This is just such a beautiful love story. And as someone who's not typically a romance reader, like it just really hit me hard, spoke to me. I thought it was so gorgeous. I like, I kind of want to read it again. I just finished it two weeks ago. I love that. Next is another gorgeous book, Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. This one started out a little bit slow for me, I will admit. So it says a lot about how impactful it was that it still made my best of the year books. This Oh gosh, I wept. I have a photo of myself reading the last like 100 pages of this book. Tears just rolling down behind my glasses. Oh my goodness. And then my friend Haley read it and she sent me a photo of her tears rolling. It's just, oh gosh, it was a book that made me think so much. It's sort of a family saga. Uh, It has a lot of themes about mental health. This, by the way, if you're looking for a book club pick, would make an incredible book club pick because there's so much to talk about in terms of like choices that not everyone would agree with uh, that characters make. There are a lot of references also to Little Women. So if you like, you know, allusions to other novels, uh, references to them, I think you'd like it. But yeah, it was just masterful. I think you used that word for Tom Lake. 
which I agree, but this one as well, just incredible. Sorry to the large contingent of people who wanted it to be a book club pick and it wasn't. That's my fault. (laughs) But it's a good pick for your personal book club. So if you have one in real life, it will be a great pick. And then another book that was a book club pick uh, that I absolutely loved was The Quiet Tenant by Clemence Michelon. If you haven't listened to the episode or read the book yet, this is a story about a serial killer who is this popular guy in his small town and no one really suspects. It's not overtly scary, but it's super suspenseful. And I just thought the writing was beautiful. The way the story was told was super interesting. It made me think about a lot of things in terms of crime and women and how we write about the two. And I just enjoyed every second of it. This one really changed my opinion of myself as a reader. I feel like... Oh, wow. Yeah, I feel like as a blanket rule, I have kind of been like, no murder, no scary, no thrillers. And I read this for book club and I was really intimidated to read it. And I enjoyed it so much that I think it has made me more open to, you know, obviously I want to respect my own boundaries, but it's made me more open to explore a genre of content that I maybe have kind of as a blanket rule avoided. Oh, I love to hear that. That's really cool. And my final pick for one of my favorite books of the year is Banyan Moon by Tao Tai. This is a book I read over the summer. It takes place in Florida, which I love because I'm from Florida. And so I feel like it's such a specific spot in the world that to read someone write about it so well is always appreciated. This is a really gorgeous book that I think had a lot to say about mother-daughter relationships family in general. And uh, it's just a book that I have thought about a lot in the the months since I've read it. And also, there's a really nice playlist that goes along with it. (laughs) Oh, that the author made. And I really, really liked listening to afterwards. And that's a strange thing that I really like when a book has a playlist. So that's my little list for you all. Let's hear some more of your recommendations. Hey, 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 I am calling in about my favorite book series that I read this year. Um, and I'm cheating because it's three books, not one. You should read all three. They are by V.E. Schwab and it is the Darker Shades of Magic series. Darker Shades of Magic and then A Gathering of Shadows and A Conjuring of Light. They are just some of the best entry-level fantasy world-building um, atmospheric novels I've ever read. You'll fall, fall in love with the characters. You'll read them really quickly. And they're just like a great entry point to like larger high fantasy. And I would recommend them. Also, the fourth book in the series just came out this year. So I'm really excited about that. But thanks for all you do. Excited to hear the episode. Hi, Becca and Olivia. Um, My favorite book, I'm putting a plural, is the Thursday Murder Club book series. I've just been loving them. Who doesn't love old people solving crimes? And... Just, I don't know. It's really lighthearted and cute, but with a little bit of murder. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Becca and Olivia. This is Jordan, longtime listener to That on Paper podcast. Love you girls. Love the podcast. So thankful that you just brighten up my week every week. My favorite book for 2023 would probably have to be Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. It was just so heartwarming. It was wonderful. It was witty. I loved the relational dynamics. And if anyone has not read this yet, 
and you're going through a difficult time or you just need something to brighten up your life, bring a little bit of joy, I highly, highly recommend Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Ann Pelt. Thanks so much and happy holidays. Hi, Becca and Olivia. Uh, this is Gail Werner calling in, big fan of the show, to share that one of my top books of the year was Alice Wynn's debut novel, In Memoriam. It's a story about two young men, Sidney Elwood and Henry Gaunt, who fall in love during World War One. And it's been described as Heartstopper on the Western Front. And, oh, my gosh, that is absolutely how it read to me. It's so rare that a book could make me gasp out loud because of a brilliant plot twist. But that totally happened for me with this book. And it's just made such a deep impact on me in 2023. My other top two picks were Tom Lake and Talking at Night, which I know are books that you two already have obsessed over and loved as well. So, thanks. Hi, Olivia and Becca. This is Sally from Washington, D.C. I'm calling in about one of the best books that I read in 2023. I'm so excited to listen to this episode once it's done. It's always a favorite of mine, and I feel like I walk away with such great book recommendations. One of my favorite books of the year was Damnation Spring by Ash Davidson. It takes place in the 70s in a Pacific Northwest logging town, and it's about a married couple. The husband is a logger. The wife is a stay-at-home mom. Um, and it's just this, like, wonderful, sweeping story about marriage and parenthood and loss. I also just learned so much about, like, the logging industry in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it's around the time when a lot of protests started about redwood logging. I learned a lot about that. It just was this really interesting, emotional, just beautifully written book. I just loved it so much. I'm still thinking about it, and I have recommended it to everyone I come into contact with. So hopefully someone else will hear this and enjoy it too. Hope you have a great holiday. Hi, Olivia and Becca. This is Katie Schumacher calling from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It was very hard to narrow down my book, but I picked the Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches, which I think you all recommended at one point, but it was such a sweet story. I finished it in two days. It very much reminded me of House on the Cerulean Sea, which I also really, really loved and read last year. So it was such a good message, great characters. Um, so it was definitely one of my favorite books of the year. Love your podcast. Can't wait to listen to this episode. Bye. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Hannah calling from Hoboken, New Jersey, and I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Um, my favorite read of 2023 is actually a memoir, which is very surprising for me because I read mainly fiction, but it's called Left on Tent, A Second Chance at Life by Delia Efron, who is, you guessed it, Nora Efron's sister. It came out last year, and I honestly don't think I've laughed or cried harder reading any other book in my life. It's Delia's incredible late-in-life story of loss, heartbreak, and falling in love, all in the setting of New York City. I could not put this down, and the story honestly is so unbelievable. You just have to read it for yourself. In the end, it gave me so much hope, which I think we could all use. And I obviously just wanted to shout out Fourth Wing, which I'm sure a lot of the BOPers will shout out as well. Thank you both for this podcast. That honestly makes my Wednesdays, and happy holidays. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Moira. I'm calling from Oregon. 
My favorite book of 2023 was The Wishing Game by Meg Schaefer. Um, I really loved this book. Um, It's kind of whimsical. It's about a children's fantasy author who writes one draft of his final book in a series. I think there's 66 books in the series. And he has four contestants come to his island and they compete for the final copy. And it's just really delightful. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Catherine. Um, I'm going to go with my favorite nonfiction book of the year, which was Strong Female Character by Fern Brady. She is a Scottish comedian, and it is about her being diagnosed with autism as an adult woman. I feel like it's weird that I stressed woman, but that is a big part of the book. And it was very interesting. It felt like a new perspective, and I would definitely recommend the audiobook because her accent is incredible. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Michelle from Florida. One of my favorite books this year is The Magic of Lemon Drop Pie by Rachel Linden. This book is magical realism and is about a woman named Lolly who is given three lemon drops by her eccentric great aunt Gert. Each of these lemon drops allow her to relive one day of her life and change major choices that she has made. I absolutely love this type of book, one that explores choices and timing and what ifs with a little magic too. It has lots of food, multiple timelines, alternate realities, quirky characters, and a little romance as well. I hope you give it a try and love it too. Let's take one more ad break before we get into some end matter. This episode is sponsored by Cozy Earth. So part of my grand philosophy in life is when in doubt, get cozy. Feeling uncomfortable, hate how you look, change into comfy clothes. Feeling sad, anxious, generally crummy, coziness is the way. It always helps, I swear. Anyway, it probably won't surprise you that this is also my strategy with gift giving. If you're not sure what to get someone, consider an item that helps them live their best coziest life. Even better if that item is from Cozy Earth, where every single item is impossibly soft, luxurious feeling, and generally helps you achieve peak, you guessed it, coziness. So whether you choose to gift yourself some new, super soft, yet breathable sheets, or you buy Cozy Earth socks as stocking stuffers for your entire family, or you pick out the perfect pair of Christmas pajamas for your sisters, friends, or spouse, Cozy Earth has you covered. The best part is you can be sure that you're gifting friends and family items that will feel well-made and high quality. And don't just take it from us. Cozy Earth's loungewear and bedding have both been featured on Oprah's Favorite Things. All of their products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo. Their bedding is so soft and comfortable, and I really think their loungewear hits that perfect balance between cozy and tailored. Every day that I open my dresser drawer and my Cozy Earth loungewear is clean is a day that is a good day because I know I'm going to feel good, look good, and generally just be prepared for anything that may be happening. So it's just a very nice feeling to feel confident and like I'm wearing something that is the softest thing I've ever felt. So if you're ready to be a gifting hero, head to CozyEarth.com and use code BOP to get 35% off site-wide. Again, that's CozyEarth.com and code BOP to get 35% off. All right, Olivia, I need to hear about your obsession and if it's what I think (laughs) it is written in this outline. Okay, so my obsession is the movie Four Christmases (laughs) with 
<laughs> is this what you thought it was? Yeah. I haven't yes. thought about this movie in a long time. <laughs> Me either. So this movie stars Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon, which is kind of an odd pairing, but it is this Christmas like rom-com that came out years and years ago. It was on some streaming platform and Jake and I watched it the other day. And I will preface this by saying that there are some things that have aged poorly as as any rom-com that came out 10, 15 years ago kind of suffers from. But there are some scenes in this movie that are so hysterical. Jake and I have been quoting them for like the last two weeks since we watched this. I have like wanted like to watch it again. Quote? The premise of this movie, by the way, is that both of their parents are divorced and remarried. Yes. So they have to go to these four individual Christmases that they usually avoid. And each house is like, insane in its own way. Also, randomly, Tim McGraw guest stars. I don't know. Anyway, there's this one scene where they're chosen in her mom's megachurch to be Mary and Joseph in like the live action nativity. And at first, Vince Vaughn is like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But he gets chosen and then he like becomes like the star of the show. And I'm not going to quote it, but he goes on stage and he's like, all right, find your truth. Acting is reacting. And he like, I don't know. It's not that funny if I say it, but I promise you it is really funny. Anyway, it just made me smile. What is your obsession? So I've I've said multiple times on this podcast that I think I'm entering a jewelry renaissance and I went pretty hard on investing in some jewelry on Black Friday. And like everyday jewelry, not like fine jewelry. And I got these two necklaces from a brand that I had not heard of before. It's a British brand called Missoma. And I have been wearing them on repeat. And I'll tell you the names of them if you want to look them up. But one is the Axiom chain necklace. And it's kind of like a mixed chain necklace. Like it has some thicker paperclip chains and then it has like smaller loopier chains. I really like that the way that it looks like it looks a little edgier I also love that the way that this clasps is not with a hook and eye closure. So I feel like if you have nails, it's much easier to do, to clip. Like it's very smartly designed. Oh, very cute. I'm looking at it right now. And then I have been wearing it with the Ridge Heart Charm Pendant, which I think was as seen in Barbie. I think Barbie wore in the Barbie movie. And it is kind of a longer thin chain and then it has like this very 80s style heart on it and I am obsessed with it. Very cute. Very nice. But this has been my everyday combo if I'm just wearing a sweater or you know like a casual outfit and I don't know I'm really enjoying playing with jewelry again and feeling like I have something like fun or a little special even if I'm wearing kind of a boring outfit. I think I saw you wearing these on a repost? You no, not a repost. Anyway, it was a photo of you at lunch, your holiday lunch, right? Yeah, you yeah, were wearing yeah. Them? yeah. Yeah, I really. They looked really good. Thank you, thank you. What about reading? What have you been reading? I am finishing up Blood Sisters by Vanessa Lilly, and this is a murder mystery set out west. I believe the author is indigenous. And so a lot of the book has to do with Native Americans and indigenous peoples and basically the way that they've been treated in this country terribly. But uh, I didn't know about a lot of the specifics in terms of the land and the economics and everything. And so it has been really eye-opening and it's a a good mystery and I've been enjoying it a lot. 
Okay. What have you been reading? I am just getting started with The Art of Scandal by Regina Black. And this is a debut. And I have been hearing a lot of whispers comparing it to the idea of you. So I obviously had to check it out. And I was just, we were talking before we started recording and I was telling you how fantastic I think the writing is. So I'm I'm only maybe like 30 or 40 pages in, so I can't speak too much to what's going to happen. But it's about a woman who is the wife of the mayor in this very posh enclave of D.C. and finds out that her husband is cheating on her. And she, I think, goes and meets this much younger man that she starts having her own affair with. So I'm very excited about it. I am I'm loving it so far. I thought the first chapter of it especially was so incredibly written. So I'm very excited to read more. Sounds delightful. So that's what we've got for you for this year. Wild. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. That's a wrap on Bad on Paper for 2023. We are taking the next three weeks off and taking a very hard-earned holiday break. So we will be back with a new episode for you on January 10th, talking all about our intentions, I guess, how we did for 2023 and what our new intentions are for 2024. We will post on Facebook and Instagram in Geneva about our January book club pick a little later this month before or on January 1st. Anything else to wrap up the year? Do you have any wise words? (laughs) I just, (laughs) sorry. For some reason, the word orzo just popped into my head because someone mentioned, now I get, I'm sorry. I, I got distracted. It just popped up like a neon sign. But what I really want to say is not just the word orzo, which would be really strange. Olivia is wishing you orzo. (laughs) pasta and books what more do you need no thank you to everyone just thank you I hope everyone has a really nice holiday gets to read a lot and be with your families and um, your friends and your loved ones and we'll see you in 2024 lots more fun stuff see ya bye bye